Hello. Oh, hi, Merlin. How's everything way up there? Oh, my goodness, Dan. Everything is awesome. How is everything down there? Down here, it's fine. Comixology. Guys. People just been waiting for, for, for you and I to say the, that word all Are we going to go there? Week. Comixology. 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 iOS app. Comixology. They just want us to talk about it. Everyone's been begging. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm okay to talk about it if you are. This is, you know what? Can I just say I appreciate you doing it at the top of the show so people can knew, know uh, not to tune in. Yeah, we'll do it at the top and then they can just jump right away. We'll cut all, we'll cut all this out anyway, right? Well, yeah, we'll edit this out in post. We're going to release any of this. Yes. All right. Um, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the comics ecosystem. Um. Uh, what a few weeks ago, uh, it was announced that Amazon was acquiring Comicsology, which I, I guess has already happened. That happened. They don't have to do any. Like, what is it that triggers uh, side rail? What is it uh, sidebar? Which one am I? What is it that triggers the need to do stuff like you, you hear things like you know Comcast is buying literally everything <laughs> and approval by you know what is it that triggers the whole like we have to talk to the you know SEC or whatever about this. Yeah, I don't know. I think it has to do with uh, monopolies or something like that. When one That's my figure, but I mean, like, what? I mean, <laughs> this is the only company that sells day and as you say, day and date comics digitally for multiple brands. So right. I mean, like, they're the only people who do this, and the largest seller of stuff in America is buying them. Well, but they in okay. So I th- and this is uh, God, we're, not probably not. True, it is but. true. It, we're going to get so many emails about this because neither of us are currently lawyers, uh, or no. or it's not legal for us to practice. We should say it's not that. the thing I can go into. Well, let's you know, it's like in stripes, right? Have you ever have you ever been arrested for a felony? <laughs> say arrested. <laughs> no, have you ever been? Have you ever been? Have you ever been convicted of a felony? Yeah. You convicted? No. Um. Anyway, uh, Amazon, which sells stuff, they're like the American version of Alibaba. And so you, uh, they, they acquired Comixology. And as we discussed a few weeks ago, much to people's consternation, Comixology is a company that makes an application for platforms like iOS and Android. It has a website. And I, I know, like so many of the things we're about to talk about, I don't really know the details of any of this. I don't even know the facts of a lot of this. But uh, in my using Comixology for something like, what, probably two years, uh, the day that new comics come out from every major publisher that I'm aware of, you can buy them through their website or through an in-app purchase. Mm-hmm. And you have a DRM copy of that version to read on your devices and the web using, uh, I think their special sauce is adding this thing called Guided View that I like a lot, especially on the iPad mini, that has intelligently broken up the page into pieces so that you can read a panel at a time um, and gesture to the next panel. And so, so as we said last time, it's just, it seems somewhat, <laughs> I have to say, it kind of seems maybe more important than before even to note the Comixology re- is the retailer for these books. This, this is where it gets interesting for me. They're the retailer of these books. I guess, I don't know if it's, it can't be via Diamond, right? There's no, there's no hard there is, Yeah, there's Diamond. Diamond is the one who gets it to the comic stores or to the stores. So this circumvents, they are the Diamond of the digital world. I guess so. I guess so. But they uh, get, get it there on time, which is nice. <laughs> and uh, so, so basically, you, you know, when I, when, uh, tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning or every Wednesday morning at, you know, 6 a.m., I pop open Comixology and whether it's Marvel or DC 
Image, Boom, Dark Horse, you know, you name it, uh, the comics are there, which is not to say that places like, you know, Image, this is probably great for Image in some ways. Image has a wonderful service where you get DRM-free CBRs or PDFs, I think, of any of their comics the same way, which is kind of cool. Anyway, so there's that component, which is that they they make an app called Comixology. Inside of that app called Comixology, until I think Sunday or so, you could use an in-app purchase on Apple, uh, iOS, or Android to purchase them uh, at retail price and then download them. Once you've gotten them, any account that you've got, whether that's the web or a device, can look at them. Um, But then also, this is where it gets interesting, I think, they also do, like I guess you'd call them white-label versions of the Comixology app. I'm I'm pretty positive for Marvel. I'm pretty positive for DC, and I think for a whole bunch of other people. right? Because again, as we said, you open up that app, on iOS, and it, it is a skinned version of the normal Comixology app. So they also make all those apps for people. And then, and then the part where I think it also gets interesting is, you know, like when you buy a Blu-ray and you get the, um, uh, that what's that code called? Uh, Purple Man? Azure Boy? What's it called? <laughs> blue, blue Balls? What's it called? There's that, yeah, I've Blue Balls. That's what it's called. Yeah, I got it here on my Watchmen one. Yeah, Watchmen. Uh, this I uh, got a code here for Ultraviolet. Ditto here. So if you go to Marvel, if you go to your your local comic shop, your LCS, as we say, you pick up a copy of Daredevil number two for three ninety nine. It'll have a little code. If you can tear the sticker off without tearing the code, you get a, a, an inscrutable string of letters and numbers that you then enter in. Uh, if you have hooked up your, you can. Oh, another great thing. You can. I, I don't know. I think all this dumb stuff matters. I don't think it's as simple as this one thing. You know, most people who have done this forgot even doing this, but you hook up your Marvel account with your Comixology account, and it just works. So you go to the the Marvel site, you enter in that code, and now that comic appears. You get your free digital copy inside your Comixology app. So far, so good? I'm with you. So they make an app. They are the, I assume that's the right word, the retailer for new comics on the day they come out. They make white-label versions of their app for other people to do distribute their comics and sell in-app purchases. Uh, And they have relationships. They have relationships with places like Marvel to enable you to put those codes in. And I don't know how the special sauce works for polllist.comicsology.com, but their technology on some level appears to extend to comic stores. I've never done this because I've never had a local comic store that uses the the polllist app. But you have the ability to... uh, you know, get your order your comics essentially from your local comic store through Comic Store. So there's a lot to it. It's you know, on the face of it, what happened? Tell them what happened. So uh, as you mentioned, Amazon comes in, they buy this thing. The app is out here. You and I last week talking about how much we love it, and then they heard listen to the show, and and we tried to to soothe people's nerves about how Amazon, how good Amazon has historically been about not screwing up companies. How they, I, I said, you know, they bought Zappos. They haven't screwed that up. Well, the first thing that happens uh, after this, there's nothing. First public facing event. Yeah, the first public facing event is uh, your existing version of Comixology. You will no longer be able to buy any comics through it. And the new version that comes out, which of course everyone just updates to because we're, we're, you know, good little gnomes and we. We update when they tell us to, uh, does not have that ability in it at all. And in fact, the only way to do it is when you go there, it, it will send you out. You must now go to amazon.com's website. That is where you will buy your comics and then they will show up inside of the app. And it's not even on Comixology. I think, you, I think I bought, 
You can still buy them on comicsology.com, right? I, is that where it sends you or does it, is it sending you to Amazon? Maybe it's still sending. I don't know because I haven't done it. I haven't done it. Um, but it sends you to a website, either either Comixology or to Amazon.com. And then you buy it there and then it shows up in the new app. And my understanding is that the content, what happens to the content in the old app? Can you still see it? You can still see that. <laughs> that was a funny thing. Uh, I guess so. But I remember thinking, uh, this is going to be weird. Uh, Moises in this. the chat room, by the way, is saying you still buy it on Comixology.com. It is not yet. I suspect it will be soon on Amazon.com. But right now you still go to Comixology.com to buy it. Yeah, when you'd open up the app that had been so lively and every time you loaded it, there was something different and you open it up and it was just like six pings that said, Comixology has, is new. There's something new. It was really weird. Yeah. It was, it was very strange. It was like somebody had slapped posters up all over everything. And so, yeah, I mean. So people, I, I, people ask why. Why did this happen? The initial, I think, knee-jerk response, which may be correct, may not be correct, was uh, that now that it was owned by Amazon, and we know that in many ways Amazon competes with Apple, that Amazon has its own really great storefront and technology for that, and that they didn't want to pay the 30% to Apple for in-app purchases. So that's why uh, you they they removed this and, and why you get it from Comixology to circumvent all of the, uh, you know, the same way that uh, you, you deal with the Kindle. You can't buy stuff with the Kindle app unless you pay the 30% thing. They don't want to do that. That was one theory. Another theory that came out is they wanted to intentionally cripple the iOS platform uh, and make this something that you could only you could only get the comic book buying experience on things like, you know, the the, the Kindle devices, the Kindle Fire and things like that. Um, and, and so that this is an intentional thing of saying, no, you want this great content. You want to get it all in one step, one easy step. That's fine. We got the Kindle for you. Come over here and get it here. Um, in, in very much the same way that Apple limits where you can get access to the stuff that you buy through iTunes. You can only get that on Apple devices. So if you bought a movie or music with iTunes or iBooks, well, guess what? You've got to use an Apple device. They're saying essentially the same thing, that this is our ecosystem now. That was the second theory that I've heard. I've also heard people saying, well, you know what? This was something that Comixology was going to do anyway. There's a lot of talk about all of this, and I don't I don't know what I, what I believe, and I'm not probably knowledgeable enough to, to make a claim one way or the other. Right, right. Um, well, uh, one thing just for perspective, I think, you know, up till now, well, there's a couple things to think about. One thing, one thing that's an interesting fact, factoid that I heard, I, I have no reason to disbelieve this, but it's supposedly Comixology is the highest earning non-game app hmm. on the Apple apps, uh, app store for, for in-app purchases. And, you know, it's part of, part of what makes this interesting is like, this would have seemed, I don't know, this would have seemed jarring at any point, probably, because anything that disrupts your workflow and, and takes the fun away from you, you know, having the fun be there less fast with more steps is a bummer. There's no question about that. But in-app purchases, you know, I, I don't remember making, I've always bought a lot of apps for iOS. I've downloaded a lot of apps, let's put it that way, and also bought a lot of apps. And I think it's seems like fairly conventional wisdom that in-app purchases are the way things have gone. Fewer and fewer people, I mean, Apple <laughs> Apple gets a pass on a lot of this stuff, but they have for a long time, and we've bitched about this, you know, more and more they're pushing you as a developer to put out a 99 cent app or a free app and then do in-app purchases. 
because obviously they make money off of that. But that you also see that through stuff like which apps they promote. And I think that's there's been some real changes in people's buying habits. As people get more comfortable getting stuff off the app store, it appears that people are much more likely to download a free app, look at it, and then buy a $0.99, cent, $2, whatever, in-app purchase to upgrade. You get more brushes yeah. for this thing. Yeah, yeah. You get to do this thing. Where, to where now, I mean, a, an amazing game like Monument Valley feels like a black swan. Mm. That you would go and pay three ninety nine for a game that a lot of people finish in two hours because they go, well, that's it? That's all there is to it? But that's that's the model that they chose from the very beginning. Uh, Syracuse put up an interesting, uh, like their their slide for their strategy was like you know three or four bullets, and one of them was a three ninety nine app. That's what we're going to have. Right. It's just that you know four years ago, three years ago, you tell me. But I, I feel like it was much more common for me to spend two ninety nine, three ninety nine, nine ninety nine on an app. And it was, I don't even, I don't remember when that purchases started, but there was a time when you, when you really, you bought an app and then you had an app. It's just that now that Apple really wants you to do in-app purchases because they get 30%, as I understand it, they get 30% of everything that's purchased on that store. Yeah. So, so let's, let's also, I'm, I'm not trying to blame anybody, but I mean, part of that is also, I mean, I think Apple makes some pretty serious dough off of that. Think about all the comics you bought on Comixology through in-app purchases, and 30% of that went to Apple. They didn't go to the creators. They didn't go to, I mean, however you want to slice that, that, that's a lot of money. It's just under a third. (laughs) Really think about that. So they're far from the first application to do this. I remember when um, Marvel Unlimited was getting really popular, and they, Marvel Unlimited is a service you sign up for, you spend N dollars a month, and it's pretty much all you can eat of their available, hmm? of their available (laughs) comic backlog there yeah tons and tons wouldn't do you do you do it a little bit i mean he, the, what what you're getting to though with i want to just touch on the the in-app purchases thing as a whole if Sorry. before yeah, you go no, no, please, please, no because please. this is i want to go back to this um but in-app purchases and i tweeted this the other day and so many people responded to me about it is that i would rather pay more for an app a lot more for an app and not uh, not have to pay for any in-app purchases or pay for in-app purchases that it, it's like so often you'll see an app come out and especially in the gaming thing it seems like it's completely overtaken gaming and that's why monument valley like you said is such a, a unique uh game uh literally unique is that literally. you know you a game will come out and it'll be by a major publisher to look really good. It'll get a lot of good reviews and it's free. Well, right away, I don't want it to be free. I would like to pay for that because I'm going to give it to my kid. I don't really play that many games. I did play Monument Valley and there's a few others that I really like. How great liked. was that? How about that box level? Isn't with that the, box with the level little like water was, floating inside the, of it? Or the, the, oh, the one where you ball? open, the where you rotate it, open the top part one way, the bottom part slides up, you turn it the other way, the thing goes up. So what? So what? But then it, it turns into a totally different thing. And you're oh, like, well, so my daughter, cool. I was like, just so you know, something really cool is going to happen in a minute. <laughs> yeah. That was an amazing, amazing game. I was a beta tester for that game. I got to play it early and it's, oh, nice. it's so, so great. Anyway, that perfect example of a game that, and you know what? They're probably going to come out with some kind of expansion pack for it. That was the rumor is that there'll be more levels or there'll be an additional adventure or something. 
I would love to pay for that through an in-app purchase. That's an example of what I, I, uh, new content, additional content, more levels, extra chapters. That to me is really great in-app purchase. The way Comixology did it is here is, here is a, an app that is essentially a platform that you can use to buy the content that you want within it. Beautiful. I love that. iTunes is an in-app purchase app. Of course, Apple keeps all of it, but that's an example of, of an app that'd be great. If I bought, you know, adding features to something, what I hate is here's a game and you get one skateboard and the skateboard sucks. And the only way that you can upgrade your skateboard is by basically doing an in-app purchase because otherwise you're going to be playing it for 28 hours before you get enough gold coins to upgrade your skateboard, you know, and it's intentionally (laughs) skewed that way. It's skewed in such a way so that the only way that you will ever get any of the good stuff is by just saying, fine, I'll pay three ninety nine for a thousand gold pieces Isn't or whatever. The candy jammer game is like that, right? Yeah, I think when it you play is. Candy jammers, you got to buy lots of crystal uh, crystal boards. Yeah, something like that. And people I don't get addicted. And 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 then people give them money, and you know, so like I understand that, but I would much rather be able to get a, a a game or whatever it is that fully works. Because listen, my kid's not getting any in app purchases. He's not getting any, none. I will my never. Daughter, my none. daughter wants to buy presents for Angela the talking cat. She always wants to buy her things because Angela, the talking cat, will talk to you and then you can buy her things. It's like Facebook for children. Mm-hmm. You try to impress this talking cat sitting in a cafe. <laughs> so if you give her stuff, then she it's, it's kind of creepy. It's weird. And like that's how, that's how these games are, Merlin. The game is like, give me money and I'll let you play the game. Well, no, that's, just let yeah, me buy the game mom, once. Yeah. I, I, see, I, I agree with you, but uh, to put on my... Uh, <laughs> My ignorant analyst cap. Yeah. I think the growth uh, in the last few years and going forward is going to be with people who are, I mean, look what, once again, Marco was really at the at the leading edge of this where he decided, I mean, didn't Instapaper used to cost $10? Yeah, didn't it? So wasn't it, wasn't it like up there? It was, it was a, a high, whatever it was, it was a highly I didn't, priced I didn't think twice about it. I Neither did I. I. Uh, you know, now that seems like that's a king's ransom to a lot of people. That's like an enterprise product, right? And and then I think I think he brought it down to the ridiculously low level of like three ninety nine mm-hmm. at one point, mm-hmm. and and that was a really big deal for him. And it was you know one of his aha moments was you know aha I can sell a lot more of these. You make it up in volume, <laughs> as Gruber says. But um, no, I I agree with you. But I my sense is that you know given how. Met, uh, I don't want to derail us with this, but the app store is kind of an unpleasant experience to use, no matter where you do it's it. It's terrible. It really, it really is, and it 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 fails or falls apart on the most basic thing, which is if I know the name of an app and I want to buy it, it seems to me as an old person that I should be able to go in and enter in whatever Twitterific or whatever and have that come up as the first return. It seems like Google's not the only company in the world that has figured out how to make that work. That there should be some kind of, you know, I don't know, canonical naming. They can't have the same name twice, so people do stuff. I remember there was that goofy writing app that put like a a funky character in that looked like an E, but it wasn't an E, so they could be called like write or something like that. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Some kinds of tricks you can do apparently with that stuff. But if you can't go in and enter in, you know, a word or even a phrase, and it may not even, it's like, it's like, it feels like the Android store. Like it's just this, this, all of these like shiny things that are strategy guides for that game or something like that. And you're like, what, what is this? Well, 
The thing is, that's not how most people, normal buying people, buy apps. They see what's popular, I think. I yeah. think it's, if you ask developers, they'll tell you like there's nothing like getting featured or appearing in the top end you know, returns on a page because that popularity is what brings it up. But I think to get featured there, I think you're much more, I suspect you're much more likely to get featured there if you have in-app purchases and it's inexpensive because it's the inexpensiveness, the freeness of it that makes people get it. And so they can't, they, they won't make an in-app purchase if most people will not spend $3.99 and then make an in-app purchase. I think people are much more likely to make a $3.99 in-app purchase inside of a free app. Oh, uh, no, you, that, absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. You're totally right. I, I, I happen to agree with you. As a fellow old man, I, I agree with you. But I think it's important to look at the way things have changed in the last few years and do a you know sanity check about where we are. You know, a few years ago, it sounded ridiculous. to ha- The idea of buying music from your phone seems so strange. Yeah, but did. having all that stuff sync up, knowing it's on my Apple TV that I can go and listen to that anytime, knowing it's all, I mean, when you talk about buying straight up like media from the store, it's pretty terrific to be able to do that. Like if I realize there's something we want to watch on a Friday night, I'll buy it while I'm at work and then say, don't download it now. I, I don't need to download it. We're just going to stream it on the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So part of it was also, I guess what I'm, before we get to the next part, I just want to be clear. I, I think Apple has been very effective about tickling our buying bone and getting us into a certain habit of, of being comfortable making these purchases. What, what was that number Tim Cook threw out about the number of, uh, accounts people have with iTunes the oh, number of credit gosh, cards Oh my gosh it was crazy was it it was, it was millions yeah well, i think it was like was it 500 million or something it was so it was it was like wow they need to get into the payment you know business with, and and because if you think about oh, of course they're not going to buy square why would they buy square they've got everything square has and more except the little thing that you know connects to your iPhone like they can make that yeah um but so before you before you switch I'm looking at, at uh, on my iPad right here. I'm looking at the uh, the App Store, and it has across the top of the App Store when you launch it, it has a number of apps that come up. The first one that I see, and this is under all categories, not games, uh, all categories. The editor's choice is something called Leo's Fortune, only in the App Store, and it is uh, this little like uh, little guy. And you, he it looks like he goes through these amazing looking, wor- this amazing looking world to do something. That is four dollars and ninety nine cents. Which for a game, even one that looks as good as this, I could for me that's like good. I want to pay it now. I understand my relationship with this company. I'm going to get a game. The game has lots of good reviews and ratings, and it uh, it has two hundred ninety two. It's basically at five stars. That sounds great. Then you you go a little bit to the right and you see Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft. Okay, so this is from the people who who, who are, are working over that's that, like that Card Wars game. Yeah, and it's at Blizzard, and everyone knows Blizzard makes really great games. It's called Hearthstone: Heroes of Warcraft, and six thousand nine hundred and eighty-three reviews. It's basically at five stars. Guess how much this one costs? It's free, hmm. and uh, it it does indeed have in-app purchases as part of it, and you know. I feel like this is the kind of thing where you, if, if I, I, I don't know, but if you want to get this one, you know, I have a feeling you're going to have to throw some, some money at it to get, right. to get where you want to be. Um, but it, you know, offers in app purchases as a right underneath the thing, but it looks great. And it's from a reputable source, but who knows, you know, who knows? And it just, it really says something when the big name companies, the companies that are, 
you know, that are Blizzard and, 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 and have a long history of making games for the PC and the Mac and forever, that they have now switched from give us five bucks to give us nothing and then give us a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It does say a lot, it's, and it must work. It um, must work, or else they to, wouldn't to keep do it. doing it, right. So, anyway, um, that was fact light, probably. Uh, but, but, you know, just to, to establish the context, and, and then to just pivot to that other example, there are apps that you can get on your iOS device that deal with content that has been purchased. But it can be really perplexing. Because the, the, as I understand it, the App Store rules about even promoting something that you get to look at from within the app are, are really tough. So, you know, if you hear, let's say you're, you know, new to the world of devices and you say, oh, this is great. I've been wanting to, you know, try the Kindle or in, in, in this case, like I love comics. So I'm going to go get this Marvel Unlimited app because I heard that for, I forget how much it is, but for however much a month, I can download a whole bunch of comics. I could go read them on a plane. I could just go read the entire Infinity Gauntlet when I'm on a plane. This is going to be great. But go load up that app and then go, go to the place where you put in, where you go to buy that service. Because I did this. It did, I did not, what, 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 the truth of this did not occur to me what until happened? I had spent 20 minutes losing my mind. Well, because I, you know, I think I tried Unlimited, uh, I, the, like the free version of it or something where you just go through the app and you can just go download like three comics or something like that. And then somebody had said, oh, this is really great. You know, I, I didn't love it because I, I am kind of hooked on the guided view in Comixology cause, just because I have an iPad mini. But anyhow, you go in and I, I don't know if this is still the case, but last time I opened Marvel Unlimited, there is absolutely no indication of how paid for comics get on there. They can't even, there might be a URL in there somewhere. But like, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I spent 20 minutes trying to figure out where to go to, buy, to sign up for that service. And the truth was you couldn't because then that would be the, that breaks the Apple rule about promoting a service when oh, you're not doing in-app purchases. Right. And I think that's how it works with Kindle too. It's like, <laughs> sorry. Yep. You can get books here. That's all I can say. Can't say anymore. So, you know, there are other companies that have done this and, I don't know. I have to imagine there's certainly an element of, of the Amazon competition stuff, but I think getting free 30% extra in theoretical, very theoretical revenue is, is certainly very tempting. Uh, you know, I guess that we could get to the, to the opinion part. I, uh, well, for a lot of, for a lot of companies yeah, uh, and comics are, are not one of those companies, but for a lot of companies, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're out there and you want to make a, a a game and or a, or an app or something you don't have a platform you don't have an ecosystem you don't have any way for your customers really typically to be buying the thing that you're making if you just show up to the uh, to the Apple store uh, app store without a product like for so many people they made a game or they made an app or they made a thing and and your paintbrushes uh and and you know, that I was thinking, a, I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the app paper where yeah. that's the first in-app purchase uh, off the top of my head. That's the first in-app purchase I can ever remember making. Right, was something. It was I want more not brushes. A lot of money. Yeah, and yeah, it was you know, a buck or two. It wasn't much, but I mean, basically, you here's the deal: make this one in-app purchase, and now you have everything that's available to you here. And that, and I did it. That was years ago, and I still yeah. I still use that app all the time. And that's the thing is that is that they probably didn't have an ecosystem where you could go and buy brushes for an app until they had the app in the app store. You know what I mean? Whereas this is comics and that you can go and buy the comics physically. You can go and buy these things. And this was like a new thing, but I'll tell you what, it really 
really is bad for is it's bad for people like you and me and lots of other folks who are really enjoying getting this stuff day and day digitally and who, uh, whether the, you get it in the store and, and peel off the thing or not, this well, was a great way to get comics. And now it's not a great way to get comics. I, I totally agree. Can I suggest a thought technology here? Can I suggest a two track approach to this? Cause apparently we need to talk about this. Okay. Can I suggest two tracks? The first, I think, I think, one track that I feel more comfortable talking about, and maybe it'll help me think about it, is talking about why this sucks as somebody who likes using this stuff and, and this app. And like, but from a personal standpoint, I think, I think there's something that happens sometimes that frustrates me a little bit, which is when I see people's response to stuff, um, I feel like I can sometimes not see any distinction between this made me unhappy as a person and this business is doomed. You see a lot of people say, yeah. Comixology takes out in-app purchases, fail, I'm never buying comics again, this industry's going to collapse. And, and the thing is, I think it's worth unpacking at least two very different things. So I think it would be valuable to talk about like how we have used this app and why this sucks donkey for people who love these comics. Mm. And then maybe as a second track, I think it would be useful to talk about like what it really means business-wise. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Cause like, God, it's just, I'm just so tired of everybody, like their, their, their emotion of the moment being treated as some kind of uh, careful analysis of how businesses they don't understand work. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more than comfortable to talk about things I don't know, but I, I think it'd be useful to start by saying like, why this sucks. So is that cool? Please. Cause what you're describing, I mean, you, you just, you just nailed a really important distinction. If you go to paper, and paper is an app, it's really cool. You, you open it up on your iPad in um, landscape view, and it looks like a moleskin notebook. You open it up, and then you get to select a little brush, a pencil, um, you know, a, like a watercolor tool, uh, an eraser, different colors, different, you know. And then it responds on the screen to how you draw. So you, you, people make these amazing drawings. My daughter and I love drawing in this thing. It's really fun. In that case, as you said, all you're really doing is whatever you're unlocking the fountain pen or whatever, mm -hmm. right? right? All you do is go in and say for this amount of money and you're done. That's so different from, as you described, that's so different from comics. Cause how many, how many freaking comics are on that store? I mean, you know, it's, it's the difference between, you know, like going and, uh, you know, like a blockbuster or something like, you know, it's one thing to go in and only have two options for popcorn, but you got 35,000 options for movies. So it's, it is really different and really jarring because think about our criticisms or I can speak to my criticisms or frustrations with comiXology in the past. Yes. From day zero, it's bummed me out that it's DRM'd unless you run a wackadoodle uh, Google extension. Uh, they're DRM'd. Uh, so you can't look at them in other places. Right. That then, but that's, you know, if you're an Apple person, you deal with that. I've been frustrated that the whole, like, what's my biggest frustration? My biggest frustration is that they don't have everything. <laughs> like when you go, what I, th I think the way it works is that when older comics get added, it's because they're part of a, an, basically an electronic trade in some ways. So if you go in and you get infinity gauntlet or whatever, if you go in, let's say for example, if you go in and buy um, Messiah complex, now, Messiah Complex is an X title that's a crossover between what? Like X-Men, uh, I think probably X-Force, et cetera. So if you go in and buy the Messiah trade, it's probably what, like 20 bucks or something like mm -hmm. that. Or you can go in and, and basically any issue 
as I understand it, any issue that was included in there, you can go in and buy separately at that point. So when they add a new trade, they are essentially also adding the other issues. That's what happens most of the time. But it leads to really frustrating holes in, in the lineup, especially with like 80s and 90s X-Men. There's really weird spots where only recently did they add in a whole bunch of X-Men uh, titles that have been available forever, but they're out of print because Marvel has tons of stuff that just goes out of print. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, isn't it funny that up till now, I don't love paying as much as I pay on there, but I do it gladly because it supports the creators. I love the comics. But that not that funny? My biggest bitch about this up till now has been that everything's not there. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and so why, why am I saying that? Because it was, I got okay with how expensive and annoying this stuff is to deal with because it made me happy to get these comics. But now they're not there at all. Now you have to go to another place and do probably five clicks somewhere else to be able to go buy this stuff, which is certainly frustrating um, given current buying habits. Like like I say, ordinarily my daughter comes in at 6 a.m. on Wednesday morning. We open up Comixology and we start spending money. It's what we do on Wednesday mornings. And now that's it's not impossible. I'll go over to 1Password, log into Comixology. Buy them from there. It's not the end of the world. You can still get comics. Right. It's not. It's they not like things have, the quality. They haven't changed the prices. Yeah. They haven't done anything that fundamentally alters your experience of reading and enjoying the comics. It's all still exactly the same. The only difference is you can't buy it inside of the app. But that is frustrating. Well, it's very frustrating, and it, it's you know, like you said, I, and I've heard the biggest complaint that I've heard people making uh, on you know Twitter and other places, and this is from folks who are really into comics and really into the digital side of comics, is it it did something there within the app that was, and you've you've mentioned this too, uh, is. It's it's really great for finding other stuff, exploring different things. Saying, "Well, you just bought the latest, you know, the final episode of you know, final issue of Superior Spider Man. You know what? Ninety nine cents, you get Amazing Fantasy number fit. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it'll show you other things that are on. And I know the website can do that too. Um, yeah, but, but when you get to the end of a comic and you go to that last page, yeah. It says, do you want to continue like reading the yeah. next one of these or do you want to buy the next one? You just finished Superior Spider-Man 30. Do you want to buy 31? And you click it and that's it. And you pretty cool. These. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. And it's something that, you know. What's well, unique about the experience? Because if you had gone to a comic book store and you should go to comic book stores, if you had gone to a comic book store and picked something up on a whim, if you went out and got Hawkeye 1 just because you kept hearing about it. At that point, you would go, oh my gosh, I would love to go buy Hawkeye 2. Well, what's that? What is that? I don't even know what that does now. I'll find out. But I imagine it just it point does. Can it even point you to the website? Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if it can. I'm going to find out. Find it out. Yeah. Is this a good time to tell me about something you like? Oh, I would love to tell you about uh, something I like. It's, it's a little something called Smile. PDF Pen Scan Plus. You've heard about this. This has scanning and OCR from your iPhone, your iPad. They've just updated this thing. So you can scan directly from your iPhone or your iPad camera. Everything should, in my opinion, everything should be done through the camera. Everything. You name it, camera, window. I'll say if it can be done through a camera, <laughs> I would much rather do it through a camera. I would. So what you can do is you can do things like batch scanning. They do post-process image editing and you can do things like scan cropping because a lot of the time, you know, if you're, if you're scanning something in with the camera, it's going to get extra, extra stuff. You don't want all that. It'll scan, it'll automatically crop it fast. So after the OCR, you get to look at your results. Then you can just copy the text right out of this. Imagine this. You want to scan in a document using the, using the, the, the camera that's built into your iPad or your iPhone. It'll scan it in. It'll crop it down. It'll OCR it all right there. 
And then you can copy and paste that, oh, into your email. You imagine you're sitting there, you're at a hard negotiation. You're ready to close this thing. You want your uh, attorney who's standing by to review this document, scan it, OCR it, send that as a text message over to your, your attorney. Your attorney replies one word, close. And that's it. Now you know you've got the go ahead. This happens. Well, anyway, you can share this. You can do all the stuff through your cloud service. It's a universal app on your iPhone, on your iPad. It's available in the app store. So much great stuff in there. And, uh, and you know what? There's, there's tons of people who are talking about this. Cult of Max got a good review. iMore has a good review. Maybe we'll chuck those into the, uh, into the show notes. But anyway, they've come up with a special URL for us. It is smilesoftware.com slash B2W for back to work. And uh, you could go there. You can learn so much more about it. Great, great stuff over there from David Sparks explaining all the different things you can do. But this is one of these applications that it's, it's so important and so valuable for making your iPhone and iPad a, a tool that you can really use in, in business. I mean, it, but it really is. It's really, really useful. Ah, oh, gosh, I feel like, I don't know how many times I use this, but I was reading an article where they were talking about how many times uh, we look at our phones in a day. And, you know, cause they were, <laughs> that's probably from that article about how to determine whether you're addicted to the internet. How many apps do you launch? In right. Day? Right. And, and, and it, I think it said the, the average iPhone user looks at their phone 60 times a day or something. And I think they launch an app 60 times a day. So. <laughs> right. But, you know, if you think about that, uh, you think about how valuable this is as a tool. I use my iPhone way more than I've ever used a computer. Um, and I use it way more than I've ever used, you know, a, a tablet too, but, Anyway, this app is available for your, for your iPhone, for your iPad, and it, it's one of those things that you don't even know how often you'll use it until you have it. And, uh, and so great work by Smile. Go check them out, smilesoftware.com. Uh, use our special URL, smilesoftware.com slash B2W. Go check it out, PDF Pen Scan Plus. It's one of those apps that you can uh, whip out in a bar, and it's, it's like a magic trick. It doesn't somebody. seem possible. You're like, what is that? You're, you're a witch. What are you doing? They're good people. Lovely people. I just uh, texted you on the phone, uh, Tutor. I just okay. texted you. I went to uh, Comixology, the current version, and I pulled up, <laughs> I, I pulled up an issue of it, one of the rare issues of Adventure Time uh-huh. that where I didn't own the next issue or hadn't purchased the next issue on Comixology. All right. And, and it used to be when you go to the last page and you swipe to the you know, right to left, you would get this thing that would say, you know, you know, Hey, do you want to buy adventure time 12? And now it's just a big black hole. And just really thing there. You can share it on Facebook <laughs> and then a button that says on device. So, you know, I also have to say that this feels like a pretty fast and not that it's low quality or something, but it feels like they, this was a pretty fast change. Yeah. You know this I mean? was definitely the kind of thing that, that, this was not long in in development or planning. It seems like it was just just happened. I would be surprised. Mm, I would be a little surprised if this is something that Comixology had been planning to do on their own. I've been. People have told me that. People have said, "Oh, you know, th- this is something that was going to be happening all along." And I don't. I just don't buy that. Hmm. Because, you know, this this is a joke Gruber makes. It's a joke that, you know, David Letterman used to make, you know, volume, volume, volume. We make it up on volume. And, you know, it's 
in the same way that the App Store makes it up on volume through those in-app purchases of things, the, the developer's going to make less money up front, for sure, if it's a free app, but then they'll eventually get 70% of something if people buy the in-app purchase. In the same instance, I mean, and again, this is just me being a whiny consumer, I have to imagine that the number of titles purchased per month is going to plummet. <laughs> Well, it, uh, I, yeah, it's already, I mean, it, it's I mean, is that, is that a dropping, it's gone. No, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Because for me, right now... Not, not just because people are mad, but just because they can't do it. <laughs> there's a lot of people. And oh, so what uh, they did, I don't know if you received one of these emails. Did you, uh, with the $5... Uh, the five dollars. Oh, yeah, I haven't read it, but I saw it, yeah. So apparently we have $5 of credit now that we should go and spend. Uh, but, you know, for me, it's like this kind of kills the app in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, the Google play store, and I actually prefer the Google play website for buying stuff than uh, buying it through any of the Google play apps on, on my Android devices. So the way that this works, cause I, I'm, I think a lot of our listeners probably don't do much with, with Android, but some do, uh, you can go to the Google Play website and you can basically search their app store and you, you know, you see all the crazy results in there as well. But they do a pretty good job now of if it's a major app uh, of, of you, you have to be a little bit smart, but you can figure out which are the real apps and which are the guide to using, you know, or, or right. secrets of. I can't believe those are legal. Darren, they shouldn't be. But you, you go and you and what's neat is it. You know, because you register your devices with with Google, obviously. So I have like a, we have I think it's an, I have a Galaxy S three. I've got a Nexus seven, and uh, and one other thing. And you pick the you pick the uh, device that you essentially want to send it to and install it on, or you can pick multiple ones. And it it just starts installing right then on your device, and you haven't touched your device. You've just done this all through the website. That's something that's really, really cool so that you can, you're sitting there on the Google play store. And I said, Oh, I want, you know, I want to get plume the Twitter client and you, you buy it right there on the website. It uses Google wallet processes it, everything else. And which device do you want this on? Oh, I want this on my Nexus seven tablet. It just starts installing on the tablet right then. You don't have to go to the tablet and then open up the store and then find the app and then download the app and then verify. No, it just happens. Little things like that, you know, so if the content is going to work in this way so that you could look at the website and buy it and it just appears there when you're there. In some ways, I feel like that could potentially be an advantage. It could make things a little bit better and nicer. But there was something really great to know that before you get on that flight to wherever you're going, that, uh, you know, that you could you could be sitting there in the airport with just your iPad and just go there and say, yeah, I'll get this and I'll get this. Oh, Merlin said this one was good. And then it's there. It's right there on your iPad. It, it's done. I don't know. I, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that discovery process too. That 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 shows you those other things. And I'm less mm -hmm. inclined to go through these extra steps um, to use this extra set of machinery now to get something in an app that should just be there. Do you think there's any chance that they'll backtrack on this? Is there any chance they'll say, "Absolutely, you complained and we heard you, and we're going to bring it back"? Well, I mean, absolutely, because we don't know why they did it, and they have not chosen to share that with us. Uh, I think there's always the chance that that could happen. Here's a here's a dumb guy question: um, the Amazon app on 
iOS lets you order all kinds of stuff from Amazon. That doesn't count as an in-app purchase. Hmm. Weird. Well, no, I'm, I'm asking. Oh. Because I'm guessing that, I mean, if, if we take this yeah. logic, and I'm, like I say, it's a dumb guy question because I've never, it never occurred to me until this minute. But I mean, Amazon has an app that I use a lot. They have a really neat app on iOS. I don't know if people even know how cool that app is because they're so used to using the website. But you can go in and you can scan a barcode to buy something off right, the Amazon yeah, yeah, yeah. app. You could take a photo of something and Mechanical Turk people will go tell you what it is that, you, you know, you say, oh, this person has this really cool coffee mug. And if you take a picture of that, people will identify where you can buy that on the Amazon store. So, I mean, dumb guy answer for that. What, why, why? So that doesn't count as an in-app purchase. Yeah, no. Why is that? Because I think you're not, I think you're not purchasing the thing through to consume on your device app and using it in the app or something, because like, that's the way that Kindle thing works is you're not, like if I wanted to buy a book through Kindle, I'm using I'm using the Kindle app, I'm hitting the buy button, it's downloading it into the app and I'm using it in the app. Well, that happened through Apple's ecosystem, so they're going to get 30% of that if it works that way. Um if you get sent and you have to and I don't think that they can give you the link because if you tap the link and it takes you right to the website that says buy now and you click buy and then it switches you right back into the app. What right. you're doing there is circumventing Apple's purchasing process, which they don't allow. You have to so be there's go probably to the no wh- Kindle links, for example, inside the Amazon store. Is that the idea? That is the idea, and I'm actually I, I'm pretty sure that's the I way. Feel it dumb is. that I don't know the answer. Uh, to this. I, it shows you how much I buy stuff on, through the Kindle app. I'm launching the Kindle app. Okay, so here I am. I see all my I see all you zombies by Robert Heinlein. I see The Great Gatsby. I see the uh, Gary Vaynerchuk book. Uh, Scarlet Letter is in there. You know, that was one of the free ones. I got Sherlock Holmes stuff. I got the new Johnny Carson book. And there is no way for me to buy anything. Now, if I go to books, it'll just show me the books. If I go to newsstand, that's it. But there's no way to buy anything. So, right. uh, if or even, I, I mean, even like the, even like the intimation that like it could be purchased. Mm-hmm. It's really inscrutable. I'm just quickly flipping through stuff on in the Amazon app, and I apologize. I honestly just don't care about this stuff normally. Uh, I don't see a Kindle way. free samples. If you go to search, it will search for free samples, and right. you can then buy uh, or download the samples of this. Right. Uh, and 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 that seems to be all you can do uh, within within this. It is a so, portal but, to content you bought elsewhere. But you know, it's interesting to think about. And I guess at this point we are regrettably transitioning into the the uh, ignorant analyst part. I mean, it's interesting to think about like where Amazon seems to be going with stuff. And you know, they had another earning earnings thing came out, and they're like, "Hey, we broke even again." <laughs> you know, they're they're not looking to kill it with uh, profit in a given quarter. That's not their game. That yeah. famously is not their game. You know, we'll come back. I guess you know. There's a part of me that thinks it always could come back. It seems like it would be it's right now it's not great for readers because it's more of a pain. It's not great for the comicsology company because they're not gonna they're, they're a subsidiary. They're certainly not gonna sell, I have to imagine, they're not gonna sell even probably half as many as they used to. I mean, 
you know, part of it is I wonder, I wonder if people have, have ever gone to the Comixology site. It's not that hard to use. Like once your PayPal creds are in, it remembers it and stuff like that. It's not that hard to use. I will grant you, it, no way is it as easy as buying it from within the app. Um, but it's not that hard to do. Um, but I, I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks, I, you know, everything changes so much with these things. And we get so fixated on what happened this week with stuff. All kinds of stuff will change. In the same way, you know, Google just announced it's, it's starting to look like Google is, for example, Google, where for the last year or two, it's been all about Google+. And they have jammed Google Plus into everything, whether it belonged there or not, whether it was good or not, whether we wanted it or not. It was very apparent, just even as an outside observer, that Google really wanted everybody using Google Plus for anything it could conceivably be used for. And I get the feeling it's not working out so great. And the, the Google Plus dude is left, and yeah. kind of the team that breaking up the band. Well, a yeah, bit. because they wanted to position Google Plus as being they, a social network. Right. It's like better than Facebook, right? Basically. Better than Facebook, so much more, more pervasive than Twitter, more all encompassing, and and really what it seems to have been, or what it has become, is essentially like um, an authentication service now that you have a profile and you use it to log into all your other services through it. I, that starts I, out, it starts out real sensible because you say, what do we have? We got Google, we got scale, and we got data. Like, what are more ways that we can? use our scale and use our data. And, and it, it kind of makes a lot of sense. It's just that it was a imperfect fit for a lot of people. I, I, you know, did everything as always I could to disable my Google plusness mm-hmm. as soon as I could. My point being that it has been, everybody is always, they put a hundred percent of their wood behind a given arrow until they stop doing that. And so there's never going to be a day where they go, you know, we're 98% into this idea. Everybody's always going to be a hundred percent into whatever their idea is <laughs> right. until they're not. Right. You know, who watches movies on a small screen? And so the, that's just how, that's how these businesses work. And nothing that happens is going to stay that way forever. And, you know, who knows what else will come along? See, I, when, in, in my younger and slightly more callow days, I misunderstood a lot of things just because I didn't understand how one thing worked, which is distribution. There's so many things that work the way they work because of distribution models or because of, because of like monetization models that I don't fully know about or understand. So I don't know stuff like, I don't know what the relationship is like between Comixology and Marvel. I, given how tightly integrated they are, I would have to guess that that was more than just exchanging a couple emails and signing a contract. <laughs> I have to imagine that they've got people who are dedicated to working with one another, that they've got, you know. A point person. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised, um, but the, let's look at it another way, which is, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's a little glib to say Amazon is just doing it it's sensible to say that they're doing it because they're competing with Apple and don't want to give Apple money. Nobody likes doing that with their competition. And it weakens you. It makes you more exposed to things that can go wrong and so forth. That's understandable. But, I mean, Amazon, they're not dummies. They understand that they're going to be giving away a lot of revenue. Well, maybe this Comixology purchase is not about the love of comics. And maybe it's not even about the love of Comixology. It's because they will eventually find a way, even if it's at a one one thousandth of the revenue it used to make before, now it's one one thousandth of the revenue where they want to make it. And because that gets them the kind of customer operating the kind of way that they want them to operate, which sounds ridiculous to us because it seems so obvious. Why, why would you change something that works so relatively well and then screw it up? You obviously are doing this to harm me personally. 
well, that's not how it works, you know, and, and, but, but then the corollary to that is like I said, with Google plus who knows how that'll change in the future. I mean, Amazon, you know, I think pretty famously tests a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know why it has not led them to redesign their detail pages. They're still, they, they, they still look like a mind map about business organization to me. I'll, you know, you see all these different weird looking things all over the place. They, they sell ads on pages for stuff that they're mm-hmm. selling. It all seems so inscrutable to me. Well, it must be working <laughs> for something. They're not dumb. So, you know, we may not like it, part A, back to being a fan. I absolutely don't like it. It bums me out. I like, you know, I've made my peace with that app. I've met a couple of really nice people who work there. I want them to do well, but it's frustrating to me that it won't work that way. But it's also, it's very difficult for us as people who are passionate consumers to understand why companies are doing what they do. They're freaking companies. This is what they do. They try things. And that's frustrating to us. And I, that doesn't make me happy, but I mean... I guess the the back to work point, if I want to make any, is that like, guys, you know, how you feel about something today is not the same thing as understanding how business works. It's, (laughs) unfortunately, it's really not that simple. So I have to tell you, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if like three different things changed. What if Apple at some point decides to start to, to lower the amount or change the terms for how they do? Who knows what kind of terms Apple could come up with? Apple and Amazon both have enough data to be able to know what the sweet spot is in any kind of a negotiation. For sure. I mean, you know, there's so many companies that we like to think of in our little Dungeons and Dragons world of fake business analysis. We like to imagine like who's the paladin and who's the drow elf. It's not that simple. It rarely stays that way for more than a couple of years, especially today. So very few things would surprise me, uh, to be honest. I mean, it's to us as people who think about comiXology as a delivery method for stuff we usually buy in comic stores. Well, that's an idea that's three or four years old. Yeah. What's the new idea? Well, Mm -hmm. the new idea is that Amazon is becoming a company that wants to deliver you all kinds of digital stuff in these packages. So if you become Amazon Prime might be there. I mean, Amazon Prime, I would not, I would not be surprised if Amazon Prime is their little sleeper cell. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're going to raise that price. I mean, now you can get, you're going to be able to get HBO Go stuff with your Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, and, and, and this is the thing. If you think of, if you think of Amazon today in 2014, if you think of them as a company that shifts, ships stuff to you, to your house or your office in a box, well, yeah, they're, they'll do that forever, I would think. But, you know, they just want to get you stuff and it doesn't matter what shape or form it comes in. And I think if anything, they've realized that shipping you stuff digitally is way more cost effective than shipping you stuff in a box. And the more stuff they can ship to you digitally, the the, the more money they'll make. And, the, 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 and, and, you know, I think Amazon and these big companies, we can't, at least I can't think in these kinds of terms of scale and, 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 and money that they operate in on a daily basis. To me, you know, you know, five, 10 bucks on a, uh, on, on a lunch seems well, yeah, I, I can make that kind of decision, but I can't make a decision for hundreds of thousands or hundreds of millions of dollars. And they make those kinds of decisions every day. And that's the, that's the, the buying power. They're like Walmart. That's I mean, the ocean they swim kind of, in, right. Is that kind yes. of that level. Mm-hmm. So for them to think, how do we get people content? How do we get people stuff, whether it's digital or audio? They just want to own all of that. Well, who's shipping the most comics? This company is. They've got a digital thing in place. Well, we, we can do that. Let's just buy them. And now we, now we ship everybody comics. You know, it's it's uh, I don't even know how much of a financial decision it even was for them, as opposed to saying we just want to be the main channel for distributing comics digitally. Now we are. 
Done. Yeah, I, I I agree, but I also I hear when I I, I I'm partly attracted against my better judgment. I'm partly attracted to that argument, a la Google Plus. I'm partly attracted to that argument of saying, oh, this is a way of getting people to buy more Kindle Fires. Well, why do they want people to buy more Kindle Fires? They want people to buy more Kindle Fires because they want people to buy more stuff. Yeah. But they want people to buy more stuff by changing the way that you think about how you buy stuff. Mm. So, I mean, let's be honest. Apple has not added that much value to the Comixology uh mix over the years. They've sat around and, and waited for that 30% to come in. Like, what has Apple fundamentally done to change the way that we enjoy comics? Well, they made a really cool platform and have SDKs for it. Okay. So, but like, <laughs> it's, everybody kind of looks at, looks at like, oh, poor Apple. Well, <laughs> Apple hasn't done anything substantial to it, except make sure that you have to be logged in. Your credit card is up to date and they get 30% of everything. I mean, it's not nefarious, but it isn't like they're, you know, they're uh, Princess Bubblegum, and you know Amazon is the Ice King. It's I don't think it's that simple at all. These are these are businesses, but I don't know. I you know it's it's interesting to look at. In the past, it used to be so interesting to look at Google and how much how many resources they would throw at these really random things that eventually all went away. Sadly, mm-hmm. so things like Google Sets, or I mean, where do you begin with? all the stuff that they've sunsetted over the years. But, you know, Amazon makes a lot of, the way that Amazon makes the money they do make is through efficiency. And so, you know, along the lines of like UPS drivers don't make left turns, right? Like Amazon has these, these, uh, <laughs> these horrible, horrible facilities where people work. Did you, ever, did you watch that 60 Minutes with Bezos where they show like how this stuff is organized yeah. in this seemingly completely random way? But it 100% makes sense because the computers have told them this is the most efficient way to stock this stuff. And that changes in real time. And there's algorithms and the music goes around. So, but, you know, it's interesting to watch where, where, where Amazon is going to, God, this is so boring, where Amazon is going to place little bets along the way. Mm-hmm. And a, a big bet might be buying it, uh, Comixology. But there's a lot of little bets along the way, too, about where they're going to decide to build distribution centers. I have to say, I think stuff like Amazon Prime is what Amazon Prime started out as seeming so simple. We as dumb consumers look at it and go, hey, this is cool. I can do the math on this. I'll, I'll more than make this money back on free shipping just, just over Christmas, right? Yeah. I mean, you pay, what was it? What, what's the, uh, the, the pre-price raise rate? It's like 70, 80 bucks a year or something like that. Yeah, it was 70, I think it was 79 or 75. I wouldn't, I wouldn't blink. I wouldn't blink at it. And then people got frustrated when they said, well, yeah, yeah, but we're going to raise the prices. Yeah, but it includes these Amazon Prime services a la like when you sign up for this, it isn't about that 80 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever it is. That's chump change to them. It's about increasing that level of engagement that gets you thinking about this is where you get all of your stuff. And this is where you get stuff like movies. This is where you get stuff like new TV shows. That's clearly where so much of this stuff is going. So, you know, that digital content strategy. Oh, God. Somebody kill me. The digital content strategy is clearly extremely important to them. Yeah, they come up with a drone. What are those drones going to deliver? Like Blu-ray discs? When those di- No, people aren't going to be buying Blu-ray discs in five years. Moises will buy Blu-ray discs. Everyone else will be getting the, uh, the, the Blue Balls copy off of, off of the website. Yep, yep. I don't know. I just think, I guess just my, 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 my three little points, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad and bummed out because I've, that, that, it's been so much a, a part of like how I just deal with digital comics. It's just become so easy. And a la iTunes match, it's just so convenient to know it's there and I can download it. And like you say, the plane scenario is a perfect example. If you know you're getting on a plane, like before you leave in the morning, start downloading a whole bunch of comics and you'll be good to go. Or buy a series of comics. So that's frustrating to not have that be easy. The second part, though, is like, you know, we 
I think it's so important to be a little bit mindful about taking your own understanding of how you feel about how something went and then acting like that's how the world actually is. Like coming up with the most nefarious answer that you can come up with about why something happened a certain way. Amazon doesn't care. Apple doesn't care. Like <laughs> you're somebody who buys their stuff. They're not doing it to be mean. That, but that seems like that's how it reads to people, that they're like going after this thing you love just deliberately because they can screw with you. And, I, you know, maybe maybe that's a straw man, but I just feel like there's people get so emotional. Mm -hmm. I get emotional. We all get emotional. But at a certain point, if you're a, a grown ass man, you got to <laughs> stop yourself and go, wait a minute. I actually don't understand that much about how this business works. And I'm just guessing because of the things that I feel strongly about. Um, good stuff will continue to come along. Good stuff will continue to go away. Nefarious things will continue to happen that have nothing to do with you. But, you know, they are businesses. This is how they operate. And the, the bottom line is it's actually not that bad. I mean, all this catastrophizing, guys, go to the Comixology site. It's not that hard to do. You have not actually been that screwed here, I don't think. That doesn't make it less of a bummer. But it's it's not the end of the world. It isn't like they suddenly like cut off like what was that Microsoft DRM thing where they just stopped supporting it at one point? Oh yeah, what was that called? Yeah, um, blue balls. What was it called? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a technologist, Dan. Do you, but this is your thing. This is your game. Anyway, what do you think? What do you think they're doing? What do you think they're up to? You think about these things. I I mean I they as. As as a as a whole of Amazon, or they as in the, the folks be the individuals behind this, I I the, the I don't think at all that this is about the thirty percent take that Apple. I don't think they cared about that. I don't think they cared. I don't think it that ends this, up being like a nice side benefit. Yeah, I don't they, that they don't have to pay that. Yeah, I don't even. I think this is the fact that Amazon just wants to control all of it. They just want to have all all. All digital content, they want to be the ones that bring you all the good digital content. I don't think Amazon uh, cares that much about Netflix. The content on Netflix with besides House of Cards, like you can watch Heathers and you can watch, you know, Dora. Otherwise, Net Netflix is becoming less and less valuable and less and less interesting right now. But what, the way this stuff comes and goes on there is really frustrating. Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling and frustrating. You, have, you almost have to keep a calendar. No, you really do. And there are websites that uh, that will specialize in telling you what's available, what's not available, and not can Netflix. Can I stream it? Yeah. 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 Is that the one? Can yeah, I stream can it? Yeah, can I stream it? But even can I stream it can't keep up with, with all the changes. <laughs> you know, you, you'll go sometimes to Netflix and you'll go to Dora and it'll say, like, this this will be available until, you know, May 17th or whatever. But if Netflix keeps doing the kinds of stuff that they were doing with House of Cards, if they keep coming up with really great, uh, literally unique content, that <laughs> I am happy to pay them whatever it is, eight, nine, ten bucks a month for that. And get the old stuff is like a perk. Like, I don't even care about the old stuff. I don't care if Heathers is available or not. Oh, maybe. Okay, okay, cool. Heathers is there. And, uh, you know, being John Malkovich is there. Great. I'm paying to get this great new content that they're doing like House of Cards. Keep doing that. And then HBO can do the same thing that Netflix does and say, oh, we've got this back catalog of great old movies here that we've done and, and really cool TV series and things like that. And by the way, we're bringing you this new content every month. Like HBO special, you know, HBO film stuff that I would pay for that too. I like that as a model. And you know what? Amazon can do all of the rest of it until they start making, you know, their own 
content. I, I feel like new stuff is the key for these for these people and the back catalog becomes the value add stuff becomes a cherry on top because less and less are people watching the, I don't know how many people and by show of hands of our listeners, how many people in their twenties are watching the quote unquote old stuff as opposed to the new stuff. Right. That's what I don't know the answer. I know that people like you and I enjoy watching films. It's not easy to find. I mean, the volume is just high enough and the amount of chaff is just high enough that you have to, um, I mean, tastes differ, right? But I mean, sometimes, especially on the Apple TV, where you don't have that much granular control over like what you're looking at, it'll just mm-hmm. be like, action adventure. And it's like, oh, who are these people? What's a Tatum Channing? Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And you just, you just churn and churn and churn through all this stuff before you, and then suddenly on like the third page of results, you'll see like a diehard or something. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is like, we, we have something in mind of like, oh, remember that cool movie we saw? I wonder if it still holds up. I wonder if it still be fun. Let's watch that again. And, and then you watch it and you make those decisions. And, uh, but I think that for for people the the focus now is on the new stuff i mean just look at the way house of cards is released they know how people watch stuff today they don't want to wait a week to see the next episode they want to watch the first episode and then the second and then the fifth and the tenth and watch them all at once they want to you know mainline them right and and that is the way that content that people want content to be delivered and hbo you know it still has the old school mentality of releasing True Detective one episode at a time, one week at a time. I don't mind that. And it's so funny to me. I, I actually really enjoy that. I so much more enjoy getting a show and then I have a whole week to process it and think about it. And oh, I wonder what they're going to do next week. I wonder if this character is going to die. I wonder if this character is going to be here and how will they figure that out? And I feel like I'm so much more involved in a show when I have to wait a week to watch it so that I'm watching House of Cards right now. I've watched the first series. Now I'm watching the second series. And yeah, I may watch more than one episode a week, but I'm definitely not watching one, two, three, four, five episodes a night, even though I want to. Even though I know that that I would really like that, it will be over too fast. And I, you know, I like to see, you know, let this thing progress. But Netflix lets you do it either way. You can you watch them all at once, watch one a night, two a night, yeah. once a week, that's a, once that's a month. A lot of money to make a TV show. It's interesting because you know it, but but it, but as you, you mean say, their co- you mean their Netflix's yeah, cost I mean, to make it. Yeah, I mean, obviously they must know what they're doing. But if anything, to me, though, it signals a, a shift in, in you know, n- nobody likes being a commodity. And I mean, can Netflix, Netflix, when, you know, it seems so revolutionary when they, when they very first introduced the streaming stuff, it was crap. It was so bad. Ditto for Amazon Prime stuff. It was all just terrible. It was, as I used to say, it was the kind of stuff that you see on a Saturday afternoon that made me want to cancel my cable, mm-hmm. like just bad, yeah. bad stuff. And that got better. But it's still real spotty. Who gets what where? But, you know, it's... That that's that's the shift is that they they with again partly because of data Amazon and Netflix have the data to know what people want even though they don't know they want it yeah and that's the thing and that's the key you just you just hit the nail on the head right there and that is people like us can say well I wonder if this is going to work out for them. well they already know if it's working out for them otherwise they wouldn't have done it I don't see <laughs> it as a gamble you know I th- I think they did it because they knew or they they had enough data to draw a conclusion that yes this is probably the right thing for us to do because they had this information they know when you hit play on netflix or you know or hbo go they know you've done that 
If you just turn on HBO, I guess, can the cable company report through their cable box that you're watching HBO? Yes. But imagine if you're HBO itself and you know exactly who is hitting play Mm -hmm. on, on HBO Go to watch Game of Thrones. You know who they are. You know where they are. You know when they're doing it. You know if if they pause it or not. You know all of this stuff. I'm assuming all of this is reported back to HBO Go through the app in some way. At the very least, they know that the content is being streamed. Well, they'd be crazy not to. And TV's, imagine TV's how valuable that, that is. I want that oh, for po- I want that for podcasts. I want to know. You know, even if it's completely anonymous, I would love to know who who's who. You know, is is there a human being in Arkansas who's hitting play and when they're doing it, and how long after the show comes out do they get it, and how long do you know do they do they fast forward through the spots? Hopefully not, but if they do, I want to know that. You know, I want to know what we can do to make the show to make everybody listen to the whole show and not stop halfway through and not finish it. Although I, I know none of our listeners would do that, but you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like I want to do they fast forward through the comics part like this is valuable information for me as a, a guy whose job it is is to to make the best shows i can make of course hbo wants to do this of course netflix wants to do this of course amazon wants to do this and we're we're happy to give them that information and those listener behaviors or viewer behaviors but what are they doing with that well they're using it to determine what kind of content they should make you know they're using it to to figure out what kind of content they should make available to us. And right. if, if, you know, if a lot of people watch the James Bond movies when they were on Netflix, Netflix might say, oh, well, we better, we better keep them or we better do that again. But if not a lot of people do, then they can say, oh, man, we shouldn't have spent that much. We won't, we won't do that again. And then those old movies and old stuff won't come back. I, I mean, there has, that has to play into the decision process for them. But they do know, like you said, they know what to make even if we don't know we want it. Because we've shown that we do want it. We just don't know we've shown it. Hmm. That's true. That's true. And this, this, those patterns are so, like you say, are so important for everybody. I, I you know, I, I guess I used to think, and this, this, I don't know, this probably just merely reflects how silly I am, but it might be an interesting data point. When I first saw the Netflix streaming, I would always think, wow, this must be really expensive. Expensive. For Netflix to do, they probably don't want me to watch too much. <laughs> but then you started noticing like how often they were like encouraging you to uh, finding all these different ways to get you to add stuff to your queue. And they started offering a bounty for people to get better at doing the, you know, uh, collaborative filtering functionality and all that kind of stuff. And now today, in, I think in my case, unless you turn it off, it automatically plays the next episode of a show. So, I mean, that's one example though, where my model, my, my, my brain's understanding of how this stuff works is that that's expensive and they probably have to pay those companies a lot to have their shows. I, I don't think it's how it works. I, I think it, it must be something where they're getting paid to show those shows somehow yeah, or something. I mean, but there's a, obviously, however that works, there's clearly a huge, they have a reason to get us to keep watching that as much as we can. I don't, I can't, I don't, I'm not a business guy. I don't know why that is, but isn't that interesting? It's exactly antithetical to the way I would have thought of it. I'm like, oh my God, please don't download this twice. This is such a large file. Right. That's not how they think about that at all. Um, let me ask you one thing. Uh, we're probably getting long here. The um, I uh, I don't know. I do you have the Marvel or DC app? I used to. Nearby? I used to have that. I don't have it. Let me double check here on my. Well, I just phone. popped open. I'm not logged in right now, but I did just pop open the Marvel app on my phone, which I haven't. I don't think I've. I don't know if I've even used it on here. And it's the Marvel white label version of Comicsology. And uh, and you can still buy stuff from inside of that. Isn't yeah, there that it is right there. 
So I could buy all new Invaders number four for three ninety nine. It appears right now, and sync it with my Marvel account. So this is why you know this is why I think it's interesting to probe around the stuff that's not obvious. How does Marvel feel about this? Because Marvel has, I have to guess, and DC and all those people, they've benefited from having their titles in this app that does all the companies. I, I mean, I, I don't have a pie graph in front of me, but I would have to guess that of the Comixology app based, you know, all, across all of the white label versions, whatever, of all the sales, website, I bet it really has benefited places like Marvel in particular to be in the app with all those other comics. I, surely it must help boom. Like, I don't have a boom app on my phone. I read, I read every single title involved with Adventure Time. I just got Midas Flesh. I'm going to read that. But like I read every – the only Boom comics that I never miss are Adventure Time. But I don't have the Boom app on my phone. Yeah. I suspect there's probably a Boom app. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I would just have to guess. Comicsology probably made this app and went out and said, hey, look, you can use this for a dollar a year and we'll sell your comics. So I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know if Marvel pays them some princely sum to use this. But first of all, A, it appears to me that you can still buy inside of the old school comicsology style Marvel app. It looks like you can still buy stuff. And so then the question becomes, so Apple's still getting 30% of that. Is Marvel alone getting the other 70% of that? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And if you were Marvel, how would you feel, or anybody, any you know comic publisher, how would you feel about A... Comixology Prime no longer allowing in-app purchases because mm -hmm. they certainly got some kind of a contract with them. You have to imagine. And then B, how would you feel about you know the future? Thinking about what what's going to happen with how you distribute your comics yourselves. Image mm -hmm. must be feeling pretty good right now, going like, "Wow, we kind of bet on the right horse here." Yeah, for sure. And I mean, but are you going to go out and buy? Are you going to go out and, and download and put in the creds for a different app for every comics place? I mean, assuming you don't just go out and get everything in CBR. Right, now, you now, I've got, them. now I've got 50. Yeah, if anything, what will this do for a, a few other questions you bring up? Piracy. Like, you can, I, you can yeah. get all these comics out there illegally. You can download them, and it's pretty easy to do it. I, I think you could call it stealing. I wouldn't call it piracy. To me, piracy would be it's going like writing, writing Merlin's comics on top of Daredevil <laughs> and trying to sell it. That's piracy. <laughs> okay, so this is stealing. And, 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 you know, something else to think about is, uh, you know, the, there's this app uh, – what is it? Popcorn time. Yeah. Have you heard about popcorn time? I opened it up. I ran it. It scared me and I closed it. Okay. So the way popcorn, I'm, I'm not a torrent man. N neither am I. So this for is the all my, for all my numerous problems in this world. Uh, I I'm pretty scared of torrents. Yeah, I am an incredibly scared of torrents. And I, so basically for those who don't know popcorn time, it is a, an app that you get that it pretty much gives you access to any movie. I don't know if it has TV shows. I haven't, I've never run it, uh, but someone showed it to me and it has, uh, it has a, a nice interface with all the little movie posters in it. And you tap the movie poster that you, the poster for the movie that you want to watch. And I guess it, it behind the scenes uses torrents to download the video right then. Then you can basically start streaming it right then and watching it right then. And behind the scenes, it's using torrents to show that to you. So it's totally illegal. But how long before we have something like that for comics? That's a, that's an app that sits on top of the CBR stuff that lets you get the comics illegally. I could share something for purely for educational purposes. Yeah, I am not familiar with this. Neither am I. But you could search for, say, Mylar and the word app. Okay. And uh, there there are there are ways to subscribe to almost everything if one chooses to. Huh. Yes. Um, be careful though; the Python processes can run away. 
ed for educational purposes. Okay. Um, the, uh, but that's, uh, see, I don't even want to get into that because that to me, that's, that's where you really, that's where it gets emotional. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying you should take, take bread out of, out of comic creators mouths. I'm not trying to say that. No, at all. I don't want that at but all. But if we're going to sit here and, and, and wave our wieners around about analyzing, I think it is at least interesting to ask, you know, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't that many years ago that, my, that Marvel almost went out of business. They got a lot on the line. I mean, when they, they've got Guardians of the Galaxy coming out, they had Captain America just come out. Um, my, my daughter and I, um, I think, was recommended on, what's uh, Renee and Guy's, is it De- Debug? Whatever one where they talk about comics. But I learned about, uh, we, uh, my daughter and I got Captain America, uh, Man Out of Time. Maybe it was Moises that recommended it, but it's a. If you're looking for a good place in on Brew Baker's Captain America, Captain America Out of Time, Man Out of Time is is really really good. That's a huge deal, though. I mean, I think there's a reason that the home, the Marvel homepage on Comicsology has a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of Captain America. Because damn it, that's why they put these movies out. They put the movies out so people will buy comics. They put the comics out so people will go to movies. And it just seems like a huge uh, comic cockblock for Comicsology to to just appear apparently randomly cut that off if i were marvel i would be pissed and don't forget something else just jumping back you can buy comics through ibooks yes i've done it and it's not awesome it's not awesome the reader is not you awesome do it. you can do you it you can do it and i have Where did I buy i bought something on there i i have bought the uh uh the american vampire second cycle number one and two through that um, because I wanted to experiment with that. And the process of this is kind of interesting. You buy it. And then if you, you would think that iBooks might give you a really nice, uh, you know, a nice thing. So American vampire is owned by its image, image comics, right? Uh, Vertigo rather. Like Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah. And so you, you can get other, basically Vertigo is a DC imprint. So you could probably use the DC app to get this. You could have used Comixology. Uh, and of course, you can do this through iBooks. But just to show you how kind of, you know, I the whole experience of purchasing things through Apple's apps like iBooks and the App Store, for me, it, it, we all know it is all broken. Well, when you go in here and you think, oh, maybe the related thing, like I like American Vampire. I would like something like American Vampire. Well, right. The related titles are not other issues because right now we've got the second cycle. It's basically like a new volume of <laughs> you yeah. might like Twilight, <laughs> right? Like that. I would even like that. That would be fine. Cause at least it's about vampires. Instead. What do I get? Batman Ca- issues of Batman. Do I get the old first Scott Snyder? Yeah, I'm guessing, okay. but that's not okay. Yes. Behind the scenes. Yes. That's a big reason why I like American vampires. Cause I think Scott <laughs> Snyder's awesome. I think Raphael Albuquerque is awesome, man. but, but that's not, really what i was thinking i was thinking maybe show me some other vampire titles in there not just lots of issues of batman well they own the only and even related american vampire show me american vampire from the first thing well that's all the way at the end and more by this author is what it's really showing me so now i get to see a lot of scott snyder stuff oh not bad but it's not exactly what i was expecting it's not that cool discovery process of really showing me comics yeah. that i might like I it's books. i books is is goofy is oh gosh it's, but i wanted it's to like, I wanted it's to... like two it's two left joins and a ping i <laughs> I, I i bought the uh, ed catmull ed catmull book um on john syracuse's recommendation uh last night and started read the first couple chapters and it's fantastic. We'll put it in notes, but, um, iBooks is, <laughs> it doesn't feel done. No, it really doesn't. And there's so much wrong with it. And 
But you know what? I think a lot more people will probably use iBooks now to buy comics and other things because the it the it's just not it's just not great the way that uh, the way that we're interesting. But see, but, but all of this stuff, and we should go. But all of this ruminating over this, I, if nothing else, I, I hope shows that, like you know, that when we finally have some time to to take a step back and not be purely emotional about it, it's very interesting to think about how these things can change or how these things. Who knows what this might stimulate Apple to want to do now? Now they don't have that anymore. Maybe, maybe they don't want that anymore. But these changes do lead. You know, we're always so heavily focused on how we feel right now about these things. We have focused heavily on on the 36 hours that this thing keeps our interest. And then we kind of vaguely follow it until there's something else to be mad about. Mm-hmm. But I think it's very interesting to think about, like, what does it look like three steps from now? Because the answer, of course, is we have no idea. And it involves so many different vectors, so many different companies, so many different, you know, time frames. But, you know, it's... <sighs> Anyway, we should go. It's it, it's it's a bummer because uh, it has been pretty easy to use, but you know, I, I think we'll survive. But you're, you, it sounds to me like you're. I don't know if it's for like moral reasons, but you sound like you're pretty. You're not. You're not going to be buying a lot of comicsology at this point. Doesn't it make you a little worried about what you already bought? This is the first time I've been like, well, at least I'll know this is always around. And this is the first time where I've been like, oh man. I hope I didn't get as somebody one of our one of our listeners just reminded me plays for sure. I hope I didn't get, just get plays plays for sureed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Moises, I got a lot of money in these comics. <laughs> Moises has told me that in-app purchases in white label apps, uh, he says it will stay unless Marvel or DC or whoever gets rid of it. So those stay. And he also says popcorn time is dead. Mm, I think it's on GitHub. I I'm just that's what he says. You you don't uh, you don't edit for content. No, I, you're gonna have to run with that. I'm just an idea mm-hmm. guy. So. Windows, the clear choice. Yeah, but uh, by the way, I I would like to recommend against buying any comic books in iBooks, not because I don't like Apple, but because the reading experience is uh, piss poor. It's better. Chunky Chunky Reader is a better reading experience. Um, what did you call is, me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me start over. <clears throat> uh, good week. Big week, huge week. Dan, it's been a huge week. Uh, if you if you do have if you have created your own uh, local copies of uh, open source uh, Dixieland comics, uh, I would suggest uh, two that I like on iOS are Ch- uh, Chunky Reader and what's the other one I like? Comic Zeal. Comic Zeal is the, is the, I know I know I know that. But again, that's super schmooper, easy to deal with. You don't get the metadata. I mean, I finally the, there's this the, the issue that I was talking about of the X Men. There's a a really funny, very silly, kind of famous issue of X Men. That's probably I think it's on Kung Fu Gripe. So let me go look. It's something like uh, here it is, um, uh, Uncanny X Men one fifty three from nineteen eighty one. So, and it's the first appearance of the Bamfs. The little, the little, like, yeah. cute, little stuffy versions yeah. of, uh, of Nightcrawler. And it's a really, really cute issue where uh, Kitty Pride is reading a bedtime story to uh, Ileana, uh, aka later becomes Magic. Uh, and it's really cute. And so she tells this fairy tale version of the X Men. It's very silly, very fun, very Chris, Chris Claremonty in a way that I find delightful. And it just wasn't on Comicsology forever. And now it is. And it looks fantastic. That's the other thing is if you can go out and find CBRs, you might go out and find CBRs and CBZs of Silver Age comics. But holy mackerel, do those things not age well? What's the like? What's the oldest like? So you like you're, you have Spider Man's from like the seventies, right? Yeah, yeah. Even before they're really murky. Aren't they murky looking? Terrible. 
it's so funny because now you now you realize like um, in uh, the Captain America Man Out of Time, it includes the five issues from that Brubaker series, and then also throws in the Avengers issue from nineteen the, like fifth fifth issue of the Avengers where they find Cap in ice, and um, uh, the uh, the Inuits find him in ice, and uh, it, it's so bright. Primary colors are so huge. And you start to understand part of why they did that probably <laughs> is because the paper makes everything look beige in like a year. I can't believe like, like how, how – anyway, comics. But hey, I don't know if we have time for this. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's your show and do whatever you want to do, I guess. But uh, do we want to – maybe the After Dark uh, Star Wars uh, Episode Seven cast has been announced? What? Oh, yeah. You want to talk about that, or should we do that in After Dark? I'll go bless the Tinky, and then we'll uh, get back to it. Uh, you want to, uh, Show notes. Show notes for this episode, please. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can listen live at 5x5.tv slash live when we're doing this live for the live. And uh, you, can, uh, you can rate us on iTunes. You can learn about comics. You can find the show notes at uh, 5x5.tv slash B2W slash 169. Nine times. E as in obtuse, two as in wainscoting, <laughs> W as in international coffee. And uh, and by the way, there's a free iOS app. Uh, free. Five by five radio that'll let you listen and get push notifications and things like that. So go check that it's out. It's a radio app. We're not going to pull it. I will just say, can I say this really quickly? Can I just say, can I, because people are going to freak out if I don't say this. Why? Are you firing me? No, I'm I'm talking about the uh, the... The uh, what you call it? The the cast it was, li- it was uniquely literally just announced. Yeah, like just announced. Yeah, can I just read through it really quick for the show, and then we can talk about it more after you do whatever that thing was. Um, if you go to five by five TV to the homepage at the very bottom of the page, you'll see a little uh, lozenge that says "After Dark." And if you go there, you can listen to things that we've said on these shows after we're done recording, and nice. we're going to talk more about this after this. Thank you, Dan. Okay. Please continue. Uh, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford. In addition, Peter Mayhew returns as Chewbacca, Anthony Daniels, and Kenny Baker as C-3PO and R2-D2. They have... Uh, what? 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 Yeah. Are you kidding No, me? I'm reading it to, to you. This yeah, is from I, the... Th- I, the good news is I don't have to go to the bathroom anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And, and then they have some uh, newcomers. Andy Serkis, Max von Sydow. Oh, man. I bet he's going to be a Jedi. J.J. Abrams says, We are so excited to finally share the cast of Star Wars Episode Seven. It's both thrilling and surreal to watch the beloved original cast and these brilliant new performers come together to bring this world to life once again. We start shooting in a couple weeks, and everyone is doing their best to make the fans proud. We will continue this discussion in the after dark. Oh, let's button this up. Bum. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.